Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my third novel titled Underneath. Pre-orders are live now, with the book releasing on Monday, November 25th. Here's a description. Mary Jensen, a trained medic, needs a new start, and she's getting one at Research Station Tau in remote Antarctica. Called in as an emergency replacement, Mary soon finds out Tau's mission, to find a lost elementary particle deep down in the ice. Dr. Ian Schuller, the station lead, thinks the particle is the key to humanity's evolution. As they drill into the ice, complications arise, and Mary starts to worry about his sanity. As he pushes harder and harder for results, the group begins to fracture. And then the hallucinations start. Something is in the ice, and it is changing them. Now Mary must survive and face what's underneath. Underneath is great for fans of The Thing, The Terror, or body horror in general. It also makes a great gift for the horror fan in your life for the holidays. You can find a link to purchase it in the show notes or at my website, which is RobbieDorman.com. It's my favorite thing I've written. I'd love for you to check it out. Hi guys, Robbie here again. I mentioned this late in the show, but just in case you don't hear it or you tune out by then, we will not be releasing a new episode on the 1st of December, uh, Thanksgiving week. I will be traveling. We'll be back on December 8th. Thanks. Hi everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. That's no. all I got for this episode. Oh, okay. I just, this episode is nothing but guest stars, so there's not a lot of content here. What about rocking, you're rocking out with guitars. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm... It's important that everyone play guitar and no one play bass. Bass is a very important instrument, dang it. It is pr- rhythm. Is an important part of your band. You need a drummer and a, and a bass. Those are they they, exactly. they they're very important. Uh, I also have many reservations about this episode, Matt. Unsurprisingly, what really? Uh, yeah, we'll Can't get there. Why. We'll get there. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to Patreon.com/slash The Simpson Show for only two dollars a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. We have a new person to thank, Matt. All right, Nick Amaro. Nick, thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. Before we get going. Um, I don't know if this will be resolved by the time you guys hear this, we're recording this a few days prior to the day it's released, but yesterday the Facebook page for, uh, the show got delisted because it says I'm impersonating the Simpsons, which I am absolutely not. Don't make any claims of that anywhere on the page, but of course it's Facebook, so some giant machine decided that and no person actually looked at it. Uh, I appealed the decision, but again, if... They say they don't care. Uh, there's not much I can do about it. So, uh, I, we're still on Twitter. You can still email us. Uh, I don't want to abandon that page. There's over a thousand people who like it. And you're, you, some of you listening are, are the people out there who do. So, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Facebook's terrible. And this really is the last anchor to the platform for me as a whole. So, if they do decide to decline my appeal, I probably will just abandon Facebook altogether. Um, follow us on Twitter. Email us. I may work on the Simpsons on the, the Simpsons show subreddit because I do own that. I own mod. I do have that page. It might. It's going to take a little TLC to get it up and running. Um, may use that as like another place. I don't know if some people don't like Reddit either, so I don't know what to tell you. I'm really sorry. Anyone who's following us on Facebook, you can't see our page right now unless they fixed it. I hope that's what happens. So that being said, out of this week's episode, it is How I Spent My Strummer Vacation, episode DABF22, originally aired November 10th, 2002, written by Mike Scully. Of course it is. It's almost like this episode has a second purpose. I I uh, thought... We, I thought we had escaped him, Matt. I thought we were free, but we are not. He came back to haunt us again. Subset is directed by Mike B. Anderson. It uh, received a 7 rating with 12.5 million viewers. Uh, the couch gag. I don't know, Matt. I'm, Matt, I'm, do you not know what jumping the shark is? I do. Cause you, Why? You described the couch gag in the notes. You typed. Oh, I think I only caught the end of it. 
Oh my god. The Simpsons literally jumped the shark. That is the joke of this couch gag. Matt described it as the Simpsons, like, uh, the couch is at the end of a water slide. No I think one... I just saw them in bathing suits and them landing. Oh, Matt, it, the Wikipedia is a resource you can also visit. It is not. I know. Not only I go there, you may also go there. I I give you permission to visit the Wikipedia that will at perfect, painstakingly describe everything that happened in this episode. Uh, so they jump the shark. They're a little late, guys. That could have been in the start of season ten. That would have been more accurate. Uh, that's a guest stars. Let me take a deep breath. <gasps> Elvis Costello, Mick Jagger, Lenny Kravitz, Tom Petty, Keith Richards, and Brian Setzer as themselves. Bunch of rock stars. And when people guest star as themselves, it never ends poorly. Never. Except, oof. Uh, sometimes it's good, Matt. And I would actually say none of these guys do a bad job. That's true. They do not do a bad job as themselves. It just it never transcends the realm of, hey, this is worth our time. Like his, uh, the episode never. It's just I don't know. It's well, if we can discuss it as we go. Uh, I'm going to you're going to you might have to keep me from like just falling entirely to the dark side, Matt, because I'm really I really wow. want to pull out the Sith in me and just yell about this episode, uh, not because it's necessarily bad, but because it's so empty. Uh, so episode begins with Homer going to Moe's and, but then he goes to Moe's and discovers he has no money because the family took it for various reasons. Some gags about why they took it. Maggie's diapers. Uh, Lisa needed to, I forget Lisa's reason, saxophone. Uh, no, I think she's a charity. I don't know. Something like that. Something Lisa-ish. Yeah. I know Bart uh, is Lone Sharks are after him. Yeah, Lone Sharks are after after Bart. Um, so Mo won't serve him because he doesn't have any money, which is how bars work. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> if you don't pay, they will not give you just drinks for free just because you're their friend. It generally doesn't work like that. So Homer just goes to places to get similar feelings. Of, mm-hmm. in, but... So he licks toads at a pet store. He goes to high altitude in Springfield to breathe thin air, even though there's unless he's climbing the murder horn, there ain't nowhere in 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 Springfield that's going to get you th- your woozy from the thinness of the air. You have to go really high. Yeah, he, he goes to like a tiny hill. It's like, uh, no, it's no. not going to. Uh, he licks. I said he licked toad. He gets his blood drawn because he wants I, 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 I to Homer, I guess, feeling lightheaded is the same as being drunk. I've had both feelings. One is nice and fuzzy and warm, and one is bad, so I don't know what Homer is doing. But Homer is feeling some form of... He's altered. I'll say that. I don't know about drunk, but he is altered from doing all these things. Goes back to Mo. I don't have clips for any of this, because it's all terrible. Uh, this yeah, it's, is it's a really dumb. This is like the inciting incident, the inciting incident, all the yeah. things we've talked yeah. about not liking. It's a Scully. It's a Scully episode again. It, it's just Al Jean's running the show, sure, but Scully wrote this episode, and this is the the, the biggest indictment yet that Scully had such a direct influence on all those show, all those episodes that were under his watch, because it is another just Scully year episode. Basically, uh, it's a little bit more pleasant, which I would say probably goes down to Al Jean and his tendency to make things more pleasant than they otherwise would be he goes back to Moe's uh, Mo gives him a free drink because he feels bad Homer gets super drunk from one beer not even a full beer just like a sip uh, because he's not doesn't have all his blood or whatever send him home in a cab finally getting to somewhere this is like four minutes into the episode they're finally getting to something that matters none of this is entertaining either uh, and I would on- honestly say that is actually the thing I hate most about this episode. It is Homer is never he never quite lapses into jerk Homer, full jerk Homer. Qu- not quite. Well, he gets very close. He gets very close. But I think the undercurrent of this episode is actually worse than jerk Homer to me. And that, I'm, we're going to start. I will touch on it as we go. So Homer wakes up the next night. Wakes up at dinner time the next night. Remembers none of it because he got so drunk. Finally, we get to a plot in this episode because the family sits down to watch TV. 
uh homer's favorite show isn't on which is monkey hospital or whatever it's called and then we monkey see trauma center i believe oh, excuse me man. i'm sorry i apologize monkey trauma center and then we see homer appeared on taxi a taxi cab confessions show i forget what they call it it doesn't matter it's just a way for taxi homer. cab confessions it's even it's stupid no, the, the the actual show in real life is Taxi Cab Confessions, Matt. So the, the Simpsons version is something else. It's Taxi Cab Conversations. Conversations. There we go. So Homer goes on Taxi Cab Conversations and talks about the family. Coming for the Simpsons. How you doing? Talky thing, ain't you? Another proud moment for the Simpsons. I don't remember anybody telling me I was going to be on TV. So what do you do for a living? Oh, you know, I'm a guy at a place. How'd you get such a crappy job? You a convict or a junkie? A little of both. You got a family? Oh, yeah. Wife and two or three kids. Can't imagine my life without them. No, you big fooler. Pretending not to remember so you could surprise us. (laughs) Yeah, pretty great. At the end of a hard day, there's no better feeling than coming home to the people you love. Oh, homie. That is so sweet. I had no idea, Dad. I just assumed with all the stranglings, you know. That my family isn't the center of my universe. Are you nuts? Then there's those other days where you just wish you never got married or had kids. Mm. One minute you're a carefree teenager with dreams of being a rock star or a photographer for Playboy. Then bam! Some babe gets your claws in you. <gasps> and boom! You got a bunch of kids that always needs love. <gasps> so whammo, you get stuck in some boring job where they don't let you play guitar or take pictures of naked women. And all you can do is watch yourself get bald and fat and kiss your dreams goodbye. Oh, I can't believe they took Monkey Trauma Center off with this. I mean, no, you don't have to have those things happen to you if you have children. Lots of people don't, but apparently Homer doesn't have, you know, the gumption. So here, here, Matt. This is the we're we're about to go to commercial, but I do want to. Ha- I, w- I would like to address this directly, uh, and I'll address it again and again and again throughout this episode because it's pretty much the undercurrent that runs through everything. I would say that it's certainly an avenue that you chase in an episode is that Homer. I wouldn't, you know, doesn't have necessarily regrets, but Homer thinks maybe of the life he could have led if he had never gotten married, if he never had kids, you know, mm-hmm. thinking about what ifs, what he could have achieved as a, as a, as a man un, un, unhindered by family. That's certainly something you could chase as an episode. You have to be, you have to have a light touch. You have to make it understood that Homer maybe does love his family and loves Mars, love the kids. Like, like the first half of that clip before he starts you know, insulting his family directly. Um, you could have him say all those things, but then be wistful about maybe the what ifs. I thought about, you know, when I was young, I wanted to be a rock star and blah, blah, blah. And I really always wanted that. And that's what you could have actually had this episode be. Is Homer be like... And that would be interesting and have some like character development for Homer possibly. Yeah, and you could have not not him directly attacking his family. You could just say, I was sometimes, you know, I thought about... Before I got married, before I had kids, I thought, oh, I, I always wanted to be a rock star and I just never had the time or inclination or it just never happened. And I've always thought about it and I've always wanted to do it. And then the family feels bad for him because he loves them. And so they send him to a rock camp uh, to try and live his dream. But instead, and this runs through this entire episode, it runs and it's something that I personally uh, despise. So it probably it's going to color my opinion of this episode. Make it way more negative than probably it should be. I think this episode's actually fine. It's not good, but it's fine. But there's this undercurrent in this episode about how, because Homer got married, he is burdened by his wife and his children. And that Which, they, to be fair, let's, let's be honest, he's burdened by the children, not the wife, okay? No, Marge is the best thing that ever happened to him because Homer, he said himself, would be dead multiple times over if he didn't have someone taking care of him like Marge. But that's true. It is not necessarily Homer. That's the problem, Matt. This isn't Homer. None of this is Homer. This is the middle-aged white men writing this episode. 
It is Mike oh, Scully true, yeah. or whoever else in the writer room who contributed or didn't or at least didn't stand up for anything that happened in this. They didn't change it or say, hey, that sounds kind of like you're just writing about your own relationship or something. Uh, I, I just I, I hate I hate people, not just men, women, too. They're and they're certainly that there's that's a different kind of stereotype. But it's the same kind of general direction as people who hate the fact that they got married and had kids and all they do is complain about it anytime they're not with their spouse or whatever. I, I don't, I, I don't have friends that like that, but I do, I, you know, whenever you go to a big, uh, a party or you go out to either maybe perhaps a holiday party or, or holiday get together with family and you have a cousin or, or uncle or whatever, who just all they do, they complain about being married. They complain about having to have been married their entire life and had kids their entire life. And, I, why did you do it then? Wh- right. Wh- why did you do all these things? Why do you continue to do them? And there's a very big conversation about societal uh, expectations and how people are socialized as they grow up and all that stuff. But it, it's it happens in sitcoms. It's it's just the most standard, boring, dumbest. Like, oh, I've been this got this old battle axe and these dumb kids. I'm like. I don't want to watch a show like that. And that's what this is. Well, no, because it's, like you said, it's perpetuating into a stupid stereotype that we should just get rid of entirely. Yes, I 100% agree. And that's, uh, this episode is it's just always there under the surface of, oh, man, if Homer didn't have his kids and his wife, he would be able to be a rock star. Uh, and this could, episode could work. It could go in the direction of trying to disassemble those myths. It does not at any point. It only reinforces them. Uh, we got a commercial. Six minutes, 18 seconds in. And when we come back, we go right back to where we came from. Uh, Homer is in the taxi. Uh, he has now fallen asleep, and the family basically gets to go through and tell him what they think of the things he said. Lazy family. So, I'm just some babe who sank her claws into you. A uh, hot babe? Have you always resented us, Dad? Oh, I don't resent you, sweetheart. What I was trying to say, and maybe I didn't use the right words, was that marriage is like a coffin, and each kid is another nail. But as coffins go... Please don't say any more. Sorry we ruined your life, Homer. Oh, what have I done? So, yes, uh, Homer is, was basically a giant jerk in the way he expressed this, because, like you said, there is a good way of talking about this, that, yes, Homer could not live the life and have the careers that he wanted because he got married and had kids. But this is obviously the worst way, which is usually what happens when you get drunk. So the family is obviously very upset. Uh, the next day, Homer goes to work, and at when work is over, he walks out to the car, and the family is there to pick him up, and they're very, very angry with him. They've all got mean expressions, and they're insinuating they're going to kill him and drop him off in the woods, which, you know, that could happen. It's The Simpsons. I'm sure that kind of stuff has uh, happened before, supposedly. Uh, But no, uh, when they get to where they're going, which is in the middle of the woods, uh, they drop Homer off, and the family's demeanor completely changes. They go, oh, we're, you're spending the week at rock and roll fantasy camp. Woo! Uh, Homer, they, the family explains that they, while they are very upset with the way he said it, they, they have a point, or he, Homer had a point about how his life has been affected by, you know, them existing and marrying him, uh, which, I mean, yes, but, but... That was Robbie losing his mind. It's okay. <laughs> we'll get it back for him. We'll find it. One of the cats will find it and start eating it, and then we'll get it back for him. What? <laughs> what to what's in the episode, or what to what I said? No. What to... They just jump over so much character. You you can't just have Marge and the kids go, yeah, we are a terrible burden. So we got you tickets to a thing. No. <laughs> You have to have Homer make amends, and then it could all happen. You have to have Homer say sorry and feel bad about it. it really? That's all he's just like, oh, well, he could... You have to have... And that this entire episode just coddles him. 
it's just like oh poor homer oh his life's so hard Boo-hoo! A job he's not qualified for and a family who in all actuality is really pretty freaking great Boo-hoo! and it's just so tiresome and it's just getting started Robbie, Ugh. Robbie, you know what I want—you know what I want to say to the Homer in this episode? Okay, Boomer. <laughs> okay, that could uh, not have come out at a better time. Put, put it, put it on the bingo card, guys. It actually, it, put it down on, put it down on this episode. We finally, we got it. Our, we got our meme in. Oh, it's so frustrating that, and it gets worse. It gets worse. It really does. Like this, this is just. This entire act is a whole bunch of what would an entitled white guy going to like some kind of fantasy game. It doesn't matter if it's rock star fantasy game, baseball fantasy game, football, whatever. What would an entitled white person ask for? Entire white, uh, entitled white guy ask no, for? Matt, 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 entire here, here. It is what Mike Scully would ask for. That's true, but I think those two are pretty much the same thing. <laughs> so, uh, we see at Rock and Roll hey, Fantasy hey, Camp a whole I, I bunch Matt, of Matt, Matt, I just before we move on, I do want to say this is something I try and keep in mind whenever we discuss Mike Scully. He wrote Lisa on Ice. I don't know how yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that in this is made by the same person or written by the same person. But he did do that. So I try and say, hey, you know, he made some good stuff back in the day. Maybe when people just, you know, didn't let him write his own fantasies into a Simpsons episode and make us watch them. Please yeah. continue, man. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, we see a whole bunch of guys from Springfield. Uh, Chief Wiggum, Apu. Uh, I want to see even Kirk Van Houten is there somehow. Barney. Uh, Barney. Uh, they're all at Rock we and Roll also, Fantasy Camp. They're they're we also see uh, Legs is there in the background. Really? In yeah, I didn't scene, notice him. In one scene, he's in the background at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And I'm like, okay, Legs is there for some reason. All right. Some reason. So. Uh, the all they're they're there at the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. They're just waiting around a fire. Nothing's really happened. They're still in the luggage, and no one no one's come to pick up them or do anything. Like they don't even know where the camp is at this point. Uh, but then the rock stars show up. Hey, what gives? Where are all the rock stars? I don't know, but it's starting to get dark. <gasps> what was that? It's getting closer! Hello, campers! How you doing? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! It's Mick Jagger and Keith Richards! Welcome to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, where you'll experience the complete rock and roll lifestyle without the lawsuits and STDs. Woo! STDs! Now, you're all here for one reason. To rock! Who said that? That's right, Otto. We're here to rock! So, get a good night's sleep, and remember, rule number one, there are no rules. Rule number two, no outside food. So, yes, uh, the only rule is a stupid rule about outside food, even though there are no rules. Yeah. I'm going to I'll say the rock stars in this episode are here because Mike Scully and the staff wanted to meet these rock stars. Well, of course, why else would you get guest stars to your incredibly popular show? Uh, I. I mean, I know I you're mean, not. It I know, can't be for any type of creative reason. I know you don't really. You're just trying to rile me up. Uh, I'm. I think you might enjoy this episode more than I did. If you have a particular affinity for most of these rock stars, I like Tom Petty. Most of the other guys don't really do anything for me. Um, also, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards hate each other, so they certainly wouldn't be as buddy buddy as they are in this episode. Um, but pretty sure they just still play music together because it gets them a lot of money um i like tom petty a lot rest in peace tom petty other than that none of these guys do anything for me they're just dudes with guitars uh elvis costello is fine i like his music him as a person doesn't do much um yeah it's it, it that's the other part of this is like yeah the homer resentful of being in a stuck in a marriage or whatever is terrible also the celebrity guest stars are here just because the guys wanted to meet them like there's no reason they dominate the episode there's so much of them 
Right. The Simpsons are pretty much only in the last few minutes and the first act. That's the rest is just, you know, the rock stars doing their rock star thing. That's it. So uh, also, I would like to point out that I don't know nothing about these rock stars. Uh, I really appreciate the Tom Petty segment and the rest is kind of meh. So we're going to get into that. So uh, the next day, uh, everyone gets to pick out their instrument and uh, Elvis Costello is there to hand out instruments. But uh, turns out everyone wants to play guitar because they're aging old men. Uh, they all want to be the front man because that's what they've idolized. They don't understand the importance of rhythm, like Robbie said. So uh, everyone wants to play guitar. Homer jumps up, kicks Elvis Costello out of the way and starts throwing guitars to everyone. No one plays bass. No one plays keyboard. No one plays drums because, again, fantasy camp. We get a horrible uh, sequence about uh, crotch stuffing with Lenny Kravitz, uh, which, as uh, I hesitate to mention, but as we found out from a wardrobe malfunction, he does not do. Uh, So uh, I was going to capture this, but it's just dumb uh, because he who does Lenny Kravitz say uh, stuffs? Kenny Loggins. Some guy I never heard of. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, I never heard of Kenny Loggins. I've heard of Kenny Loggins, but it's not the name that sticks in my head when I think rock star. Kenny Loggins is not my idea of a rock star. Come on, The Danger Zone? Danger Zone is great. Name another song by Kenny Loggins. Uh, Give me one moment. I'm definitely not looking up (laughs) Kenny Loggins on Wikipedia. (laughs) The no Google trivia (laughs) challenge. Name another song by Kenny Loggins. Uh, While Robbie's Googling that. Kenny Loggins also... um... Uh, I'm going to keep talking over Robbie. Okay. So the next class we have is a how to strut, basically how to act on stage uh, with Mick Jagger. Uh, it basically, Homer does a great job because Homer's Foot, only footloose. talent. Footloose. Oh, I didn't know Footloose was Kenny Loggins. There you go. So uh, we get Homer doing a good job at just wildly gyrating around the stage. Uh, and then at the end, you have to tell whatever town you're in, it's the best damn town in the whole wide world. Whether or not you mean it, because obviously Springfield uh, is the best town in the world, no, no matter what. Um, because obviously the Springfield men are going to get their feelings hurt if that is not the truth. Uh, finally, uh, we get the only really good sequence out of this uh, is them talking about lyrics with Tom Petty. Lyrics are the hardest part of songwriting. But when you come up with something meaningful and heartfelt. Boring! Will you stop saying that? But rock stars are supposed to be about drinking and getting drunk and boozing it up. And girls that have legs and know how to use them. And why I can't drive 55. You just want mindless, generic rock? Precisely. Mm. See that drunk girl speeding down the street? Yeah! She's worried about the state of public schools. Boo! She likes to party. She likes to rock. She prays that our schools don't run out of chalk. So, yes, once again, in the minds of our protagonists here, uh, rock is only about uh, fun songs. There should never, ever be any serious songs. Thank you, Tom Petty. Once again, rest in peace. It's it's, a... I, I think one I like this because I like Tom Petty and I like uh, mm-hmm. his general sentiments about uh, the corporatization of music towards the latter half of his career, basically. Um, and this is actually demonstrating character of Tom Petty a little bit and a little bit of maybe cynicism and anti-authoritarianism and you know Simpsons stuff versus blind idolization of celebrities. Which is what everything else in this segment is. It's just like, look how cool Mick Jagger is. I'm like, I don't care, guys. Look how goofy Keith Richards is. I don't. Let's kick. Let's kick Elvis Costello in the face. Isn't that funny? You, you got any more? Indeed. So we then get to our final sequence with the rock stars with Keith Richards, and it's about getting out of the venue after the show and getting to the limousine without uh, being accosted by groupies. Unfortunately, uh, once again, we see that everyone at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is a horrible person because they are making out with the cardboard groupies. And when Keith Richards points this out, they say they know. I, I don't... Apparently, go ahead. What's the funny part? Matt, can you explain this joke to me? Uh, that the men involved in this are so desperate for female affection that they will kiss cardboard cutouts, I guess, is supposed to be the funny part. 
No, I mean, no, explain the joke to me so I know. Where's the funny part? Uh, Robbie, I'm telling you what is supposed to be the funny part. I can't identify an actual funny part because there isn't one. Oh. Oh, exactly. I, I got it. Okay. I understand now. So, uh, once this bit is over, uh, we get their final concert uh, where they're all playing terribly and in their rock and roll getup. And then to close out this act, the family shows up to take Homer home. And that is when we go to a commercial. When we come back, 14 minutes, 51 seconds in, we have, uh, we have, we, we, we honor the time tested tradition of Mike Scully episodes having miserable third acts that dis- d- d- devolve into mindless action, zany action that means nothing, uh, advances no character, uh, and is generally dumb. Did I miss anything, Matt? They usually involve characters acting, you know, out of character and just doing things for no particular reason. Yeah, but that's, that's, that could just be part of the abstract wackiness. That's true. Um, so Homer's sad because he's leaving his rock star fantasy behind for a week. And this is again that I would say this is a perfect opportunity where you have Homer because he's coming back to reality. This is the part where you make him realize how great his family is. How great Marge is, how well she treats him. He goes back to his normal life, he gets sad. But then the family could be there for him and comfort him. And he realizes, no, I am a lucky man. And being married and having kids was actually a good decision. And yeah, certainly I didn't chase the road less traveled, but it doesn't mean that this life doesn't have value. Because that's the Homer Simpson I want to see. Well, yeah, learning something, essentially. Yeah, and actually seeing that, not just being told it, which is what happens in this episode at the very end. We are told that um, in 30 seconds or so. So Homer's sad, and instead of any of the things I said happening, Mick Jagger takes pity on him, because that's what absolutely what this rock star would do, who's worth millions and millions of dollars, would say, hey, I'm sorry you're sad. I'm going to have this personal conversation with you. And... Invites him to a benefit concert that they're 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 throwing with all the rock stars from the camp. They're all going to be there. Uh, Homer invites everyone to his to the show because he thinks he's going to be a part of the show, and he is going to you know get be get to be a rock star in front of all his friends and family. Unfortunately, Homer is just a roadie. Uh, Homer, you didn't think you were going to be playing with <gasps> my official tour jacket. Look at. Wait, you misspelled Guitar Hero. Look, sorry if there's been a misunderstanding, Homer. We really just need you to tap the mics and say, test, test. Can't you do it? Oh, okay. So I'll, uh, okay. Look, there's Dad! Woo, yay, Homer! I'm his groupie. (laughs) Am I saying that right? Groupie? Why is he performing the duties of a roadie? Am I saying that right? Roadie? Test, test, check, check. Hey, he's not rocking out at all. Test. Test, test. You're testing my love for you. Check, check. You're checking to see if I'm true. Test one, test two, test three, test four. You test me like a water in El Salvador. El Salvador! What's all this then? He's stealing the show from us. Not on my shift. <sighs> so Homer decides, no, he's not going to be a roadie. He is going to play bad music. <laughs> In front of the, I don't, I, the, none of this makes any sense. Like, he's another, he has to sound good for us to buy this. Like, just because the audience is cheering does not, because his three friends and his family is cheering for him. I would think, and here, Matt, I, another place you could just swerve off because everyone, let's say Homer does this and then he gets booed and he just, and it crushes him and then blah, blah, blah. Then you have actual character. But instead, none of that <laughs> happens. The rock stars attack him. Why would they do that? Who knows? Don't bother to ask. That's crazy. They attack him and they start a riot in their own concert. Uh, 
these all middle-aged to elderly men <laughs> start a riot. Sure, they do. Uh, and the chaos ensues. A lot of mindless zaniness. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one else does either. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Uh, it's just, it fill It fills time. That is literally what's happening. So uh, we feel enough time gets filled until we get to the ending of the episode where the rock stars apologize and Homer is, quote unquote, happy to be back with his family. Did you know it was going to turn into a riot, Dad? Oh, yeah. When you've been in as many as I have, you can sense them coming. Did they ever find Tom Petty's toe? What am I, the lost and found? There's no excuse for our horrible behavior tonight, Homer. We acted like a bunch of angry young men. Rock and roll is supposed to be about peace and love. I hope you won't judge the entire Brian Setzer orchestra by my actions. What we're trying to say, Homer, is we're sorry. By the way, I don't suppose any of you have seen my, um... No, sorry. Oh. There's no need for apologies, guys. You're rock stars. You're supposed to be reckless and destructive and be celebrated for behavior that would land normal people in jail. That's what I told him, Homer. But just the same, we'd like to make it up to you. We're doing a gig tomorrow to benefit the victims of tonight's gig, and we consider it an honor if you join us. Well, you're very sweet, Mick, but the only rocking I want to do is in my living room chair, surrounded by the world's greatest backup group, my family. This is where we should have been forever. Like This is the right place for the episode to end, but the path to get here is just bizarre at best. It's the right message to end with, but it's undeserved. It's unearned. I literally, my, my, I titled this clip Sappy Undeserved Ending because that's what this is. They didn't earn any of this. Homer acts like an idiot for 20 minutes and then he's just, oh yeah, I'm happy with my family. Why? Because there was a riot? You didn't undergo any character arc. You had no change. You just, we suddenly just get there at the end because we need to. Because, oh, the ending's over now. The, the rock stars apologize. Why? Why would they apologize? Who? Why do they care? Why about, did they attack him in the first place? Why do they care? Like, why do they care about Homer? Homer's been obnoxious this entire episode. Why would they care about him? What's he done that's endeared himself to them? We don't get explanations for all this. We, we just have to assume it. Yeah, and, and they're, again, they're nice to him and start this whole thing for no reason. Because he paid them money to be at a, at a rock star camp? Yeah, they'd probably be fulfill their professional duties, and that's it. I, I'm not going to suspend my disbelief enough to believe that Mick Jagger, of all people, is going to be nice to Homer after he's been a maniac for 20 minutes. Um, they don't earn this ending. Again, it is just sappy. This is my interpretation. Is This is um, how it is sappy, manipulative drivel. <laughs> Touche. It is Algene trying to soften uh, what is a brutal episode. Um, I don't know. Uh, it ends with a there's a little bit of a like a stinger where Homer and the kids drive to school in the the Satan head car that was mm. shown earlier in the concert um, scene. Yeah. Um, I will. A strength of this episode is uh, they are listening to the last DJ by Tom Petty uh, over the radio. While they're driving the Satan head. So I'll give them that. Uh, That's a good song. It's a good album. Tom Petty. Um, Latter latter day Tom Petty. uh, Still very good. I don't know what to say, uh, Matt. Uh, This episode, I remember it being okay. Uh, Upon rewatching it, I hate it with a fire of a thousand suns. That seems like the appropriate reaction. It It doesn't go off the rails the way a lot of Scullier episodes do. I'll say that. True. It doesn't feel as inexplicable as a lot of skull. You know, it's not Simpson Safari. There's no, there. It doesn't. It's not a. It's not Missionary Impossible. You know, it doesn't. It's not. It's not Kill the Alligator Run. You know, things make sense more or less from beginning to end. It just feels disconnected from all human emotion and doesn't seem concerned with character <laughs> at all. Uh, oh yeah, just that. Just that. Uh, I. You have anything you'd like to add? Not really. Um, I feel like at least some of these guest stars could have been used appropriately in a better episode. And that makes me sad. Yeah. Um, it's also like, that is also like um, incredibly, it's incredibly transparent use of you, you writing a televi- a famous television show to meet famous people, uh, which is gross. Um, I don't know. I just, maybe that says something about me. Probably does. 
we can uh, yeah. we'll rank this episode at the end of the show. Amen. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? My gut says no, Matt. No, because it it does exactly what it sets out to do. It's just what it set out to do is bad. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a a fair assessment. We move on to our next segment. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I look through the nohomers.net forum uh, uh, after this episode debuted. See what they thought about the episode at the time. Um, Not unanimously positive as we've had a, a, a long streak of almost unanimously positive uh, responses even for bad episodes this is a pretty this is middling mixed i would say uh where we have roughly 16 percent with a five out of five 30 percent four out of five 31 percent three out of five 16 percent two out of five and six percent one out of five so the majority narrowly a narrow majority thinks this episode mm-hmm. is average to bad it's okay they can be wrong no, that's no. We want bad. Bad's in there, Matt. Average to bad. Okay. Okay. Average to bad. Not there's less, just under fifty percent who think this episode is average to good or great. Even um, mm-hmm. I, I pulled some. I pulled three reviews to give us a little sampling. Uh, first, when I saw Mike Scully as episodes writer, I was skeptical, but then I remembered how great he is as a writer. Only thing that bugged me was the rock guys chasing Homer in the end. Couldn't they have gotten on stage with him? That would have been a much more fitting ending. Four out of five, strong season premiere. I love the couch gag. Uh, second, three out of five, typical, typical Homer ending with an ending I didn't care I didn't care too much for. However, I think it's typical Homer episode. Yes, typical Homer episode with an ending I didn't care too much for. However, the guest stars were hilarious, especially the Stones. Second act was a strong part of the episode for me. Uh, finally, two out of five. I didn't like it much at all, but it wasn't pure crap. Not very funny. Rushed and lousy plot, and Homer was annoying. Also, what's going on? How come Mike Scully is back, executive producing, or did I misread the credits? Either way, that's the second bad second bad season premiere I've seen so far. I only pray the rest of the season won't be so disappointing. To be fair, the Trials of Horror was the true season premiere. This person, true, they didn't pay much attention, I guess. But it was a it's a mixed bag. I I think we everyone is everyone by this point is wary of Mike Scully as they should be. Ugh. <sighs> I don't like weeks like this, man. Neither do I, but we just have to get through them, and we'll get to the much better season 14. Right, Robbie? I right? mean, this is season 14, Matt. I know, but I mean, like, the better parts of season 14. There's, uh, there's some good ones in here, right? Um, Large Marge is two episodes from now. No, Robbie, I was talking about Bart versus Lisa versus the third and grade, then which I remember being okay. And then in one, two, okay. three, four, five, six, seven episodes now, we get the strong arms of them all. We also get the great Louse Detective, one of your favorite episodes. <sighs> hey, you mentioned bad episodes. I'm going to mention bad episodes. I, you're 100 correct, man. I'm not. That is that is. It is a fact of life that the Great Louse Detective actually exists, and I hate it with a. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> oof, you guys. Oof, okay, uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what book should the show adopt into a Treehouse of Horror segment? Lots of great answers. Uh, appreciate everyone who took the time. Uh, first from Eric. Well, they have had lots of generic zombie segments. A real spoof of the Walking Dead graphic novel and TV series would be awesome. How about Wiggum as the governor, Burns as Negan, and Patty as Alpha? I have very complicated feelings about The Walking Dead. I'm sure you do. You can go listen to literally five episodes of my comic book podcast where we read all of it. Good lord, five? Ugh. We read four. Poor, I mean, poor. there's. I mean, we didn't even read all of it. We only read the, like the first 120 issues of it. There's a lot of Walking Dead, Matt. I know, and it's sad. Uh, uh, again, I don't. I can't go into it now. I, I'd be talking for an hour. Uh, next from Elliot. I think there's mileage in it. I'd like to see a proper parody done of Psycho, because other than Illusions of the Skinner, I don't think we've ever gotten anything. Moving away from horror, I'd say Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. They could do a three-part trails for horror just on The Hobbit and comment it didn't need to be three parts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, from Jenny, I think we can assume they do it well, not some Mike Scully trash. Yes. I, I. That is, guys, when I say, when I want you to make some, like, dream up 
what you'd love the Simpsons to do, yes, do it well. Not Mike Scully trash. Uh, she she continues. I'd say Thomas Harris's Silence of the Lambs. I know they parried it a bit in the past, but a whole segment would be interesting. It's something that's referenced a lot in popular culture. The Simpsons might be able to pull off a decent parody. Uh, from AJ, it, was, it, uh, it with Krusty as Pennywise would be great. Also, a full episode of property parody, Pawning of Hill House would be fun. That would be good. Uh, from Zach, Hunt of the Baskervilles with Homer as Sir, Sir Henry Baskerville, Lenny as Stapleton, and of course, Santa's Little Helper as the Hound itself. Uh, Kevin, Metamorphosis uh, by Kafka, something about Beetle Homer seems entertaining to me. I had never thought of that idea, and Ooh. it delights me to no end. A uh, weird existential crisis as Homer as a bug would be a lot of fun and would fit well in like a seven minute segment because Metamorphosis is not really a complicated story. Uh, from James, I'm a big fan of Mark D. Mark Z. Daniel. I can never know how to say this last name. Daniel Lu- uh, Daniel Lusky's House of Leaves, which is a different kind of haunted house story. It's a story within a story within a story. Each vignette would be a different layer and also serve as a frame device. It still ranks as one of the most influential books I've ever read. I that would be really interesting. I don't know if The Simpsons could do that story. <laughs> That's I think the clever the brilliance of that book is the fact that it can only really work as it works as a book because of how strange it is um daniel's answer dr sleep is a sequel to the shit as the shinning basically which i have my that critique, would be interesting my critiques of dr sleep as a whole but i think it would be that'd be interesting uh andrew at the angel blog friend of the show night of the living dummy it would be a fun exercise to bring back gabo and do one of those classic kids encounter horror oh, and it don't stop believe great. it gabo 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 he's alive and he's trying to kill us uh labby at the lab labby the lab abby at Energy Turtle, the Sephir Wives, that we could finally see the Marge becomes a robot storyline come true. Sean at Real Sean Smith. Congo featuring Krusty the Clown, Mr. Teeny, Homer, of course. I mean, I, yes, Congo was a book before it became a terrible and still yet amazing movie. I have a soft spot for that terrible movie. Hmm. <laughs> Ugly gorilla, go away. So stupid. Uh, Cole at Breathlessness. Psycho, so much Skinner Agnes potential just waiting to happen. Uh, John and John Fine too. He says Robbie's book, and I'm of course going to include that because I'm self-serving. Uh, <laughs> that's never I, that's never going to happen. But sure, that'd be fun. I'd probably be a dream that will never. Okay, I'll dream big and say it will definitely happen. Right, man? It's a secret. You just put that. It out will absolutely happen. And yep. just say it, and things happen. And finally, James at James Warwick. Who go there? Who goes there? The the book that the thing movie was based on. So basically, I want them to do the thing. Thinking Gil playing the thing would really work. Oh, that would be great. Oh my gosh. I mean, the secret is that everyone plays the thing by the end. Well, that's true. But Gil being the thing would be hilarious. Poor Gil. <laughs> yeah. What's your answer, man? Uh, obviously the answer is Billy and the Clonosaurus. That's what I really want to see them do a parody nah, of. Nah. I, there's people who made that joke answer and I didn't include it. I want a real answer. Oh, fine. Um, I was actually going to go with, uh, my favorite horror movie ever, the others, uh, which probably would not work very well in the Simpsons, but it might be a vehicle for some good horror gags. I believe you mean uh, just the turn of the screw, Matt. Sure. Why not? It's a I book, Matt. We're not, it's a, the question is a book, not a movie book yeah yeah that's what i mean you know uh but yeah basically how, long, you... how many seconds would it have taken you to type in the others and found out the book that it's based on too many oh my god i got a very busy life here robbie but that's i'm my sorry answer. you i'm so sorry you had to you know go to and sit down at a football game and wait for things to break ah uh, it's rough it really is robbie what's your answer <laughs> what my answer is uh that kafka the kafka metamorphosis idea is really exciting and i like almost changed my answer to that but yeah i'm gonna be boring and say who goes there uh because the thing is my favorite movie and who goes there is an actually really good novella that is good on its own merits not just because the movie's great um like i think some you know some famous horror movies that are based on books don't are the books themselves aren't necessarily great uh but who goes there is actually a really good novella um i could go on forever about how many different horror novels i'd love to be them to pull from but uh, i can't i can't dream too big right man nope never ever especially when it involves entertainment that you you're not self-financing <laughs> yeah 
Well, that's not happening. Our next week's question, what celebrity guest would you write into the show? Like Mike Scully did. Hey, is there a celebrity you want to meet uh, in, with the idea that you're the one producing the show? No, I mean, uh, certainly that's a part of it. But, you know, how would you include a celebrity into the show? A celebrity you think be interesting and how would they how would they meet the family, et cetera, et cetera. Post this question on our social media, Twitter, at Pod, maybe on Facebook if it's around. If it's not, again, you can email us at SubsistioPod at gmail.com. I'm going to – if – Hey, anyone out there, if you'd be interested in a Sips Show subreddit, like a forum, basically, with where I would post listener question threads, maybe to some discussion threads, you know, some minor stuff here and there, reach out, let me know um, on Twitter, email, wherever. If I get enough response, I will make that a reality. Again, if Facebook is gone, there's nothing I can do about it because they don't care about people. We can move on to our next segment. It's not time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenges are Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One medium, one, e- one easy, one medium, one hard. You got everything in the right order. Try to stump the other. Um, before, we, before we get into trivia for this week's trivia, we have some bookkeeping to take care of. Uh, so, Matt won our last season of trivia, and I think our official... Our official wager, if you want to call it that from now on, is just going to be whoever wins gets to pick a charity. I will The loser will donate $50 or whatever. I think 50 is a good number. Uh, and then we can talk about it, uh, I'll mention it on the air, and, and encourage anyone to uh, listening to donate. And I'll throw this in there. If you donate to the charity, uh, send me a screen cap of a receipt or whatever, and I'll give you a shout-out. I'll shout-out whatever you want, honestly. Um on there so matt what are what's our charity our charity uh this time is going to be the eff uh if you guys are not familiar that's the electronic frontier foundation they've been fighting since basically technology was a real thing uh to keep the internet free of let's say uh overly greedy uh people and corporations which are not the same thing despite what the supreme court will tell you so i'll include a link uh, to the EFF in our show notes. Um, you can also just Google EFF. You'll you'll find them very easily. Um, if you'd like to contribute, free and open internet is important to our continued existence as a people. Almost like it's a human right or something. Mm-hmm. Also, Matt, on a more serious note than this whatever charity news, <laughs> I have a correction. For oh, last goodness. for last week, when one of your questions coming from our listeners came from another Matt, actually at Matt Seton, mm-hmm. Seton, Seton on Twitter, your meme question was incorrect. You misled me and our audience. How so? You asked me. The question was, "What candy does Uter offer to Bart?" Right. And you said the answer was marzipan joy joys. Okay. He offered the marzipan joy joys earlier. To Millhouse. Oh, he offers right. flavor wax to Bart, which he earlier referred to as Wengler Strasbar. Ah, uh, of course. So Matt I see that now. Is now doc- you're docked 20 points. It's really important. 20 unfortunate. points? Wow, you're, that's you're, a rough start to the it's, season it's there, it's really, It's really, I mean, you, you could do 50 if that makes you feel better. I know guilt, you know, you probably do feel a little both guilty about, you know, misleading everyone. So maybe 50 points. I'll give you a negative 50. Start negative mm-hmm. fifty today. Considering how close every season has been so far, I or at least the last couple seasons, I don't think that's a good place to start. <laughs> I mean, maybe you shouldn't lie to our audience. To be fair, you also got it wrong. Maybe I would have gotten it right if I had Yeah, let's 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 just <laughs> posit that universe existing and then maybe somewhere it will, but not in this <laughs> Okay. Are you ready for an easy question, Matt? Yes. This is these questions are all from Homer. Palooza, a much, Ooh, okay. much better Rockstar episode of The Simpsons. Well, yeah. Homer joins Hullabalooza doing what? Getting shot with a cannon. Roof. <laughs> that's uh, the crime dog is in green. Exactly. You're correct. That, 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 that's uh, me getting the answer right. That's the sound it makes. Robbie, your easy question and all of your questions today are from scenes from the class struggle in Springfield. Ooh. Since we talked about that before the episode, I was like, oh, that'd be a good one. Uh, what brand of suit does Marge find at the Ogdenville Outlet Mall? Oh, um, oh no. 
That, uh uh-oh, I may be choking here. No, no. I may be punting. Um, Chanel? You are correct. Oh, thank God. Wow, Robbie almost missing the easy question. Uh, Part of me was like, Versace? But Chanel. Okay. Your meaning question, Matt. What radio station does Homer listen to? Okay. Sorry, which episode did you say it was again? Homer Palooza? Oh, uh, K uh, Fossil. KFSL. What's the number? The number? Yeah, radio stations have numbers, Matt. They, you know, on a <sighs> dial. I vaguely recall that. Um, well, that's the answer. That's the question. It's I'm not, not giving you. It's not just fossil. I need a full answer. Come on. You I can do it. I have no idea the number. They say it just like they say. They say fossil and then they say a number. You remember fossil? You don't remember the number? Yeah, because I just the number is not important. So I just <laughs> don't bother remembering it. Well, then I will tell you that you have a, a, a limited amount of numbers possible. Okay. You know, um, the radio dial only goes so high. I know. I will even say that it's uh, a, it's there's no no decimal places. They just say the 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 round number. Uh, I don't know. It's come on. One o two FM. I have no idea. Sorry, Matt. It's one o three. That's your easy question. No, that's my medium question, Matt. You already got the easy oh, question right. 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 Okay. K fossil. Right, K F S L fossil one o three feel like the important part is the fossil one but mm, all right okay. i you can all right mr flavor wax tell me what's what is correct and what is not uh-huh all right your medium question which golfer does homer take lessons from oh uh <laughs> um hmm is he is that a actual they use i think they use his actual voice don't they that's they do. the celebrity um tom fowler I'm sorry. It is Tom Kite. Tom Kite. Oh, I knew it was a Tom. Tom Kite. Is there a Fowler golfer? I feel like there is. It's like Jim Fowler or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of those very uh, waspy names. Mm hmm. <laughs> your hard question, Matt. Hope you're ready. Mm. <laughs> Who are the three band members of Grand Funk that Homer lists and how does he describe them? Uh, jeez. One of those Mark Farner. Uh, I'm, you're getting there. You're doing good. Come on. You got it. <gasps> uh, the bong. I think it's the bong rattling bass of Mark Farner. The competent drum work of Jim Brewer. <laughs> yes, the comedian. And, uh, no, uh, it, but it sounds like that. <laughs> and? Um, I have no idea what the last one is. <laughs> I'm surprised you got that much. Uh, it's the wild shirtless lyrics of Mark Farner. The bong oh, okay. rattling bass of Mel Schacher? Schacher? I forget how he pronounces it. And finally, the competent drum work of Don Brewer. Don Brewer. That's what it was. Okay. Jim Brewer. <laughs> I mean, I... was close, though. I, I like You did all right. You got Mark Farner. Uh, you got I'm Bob. not even sure I've ever heard a Grand Funk Railroad song. Yes, you have. I can't. I'm sure I have. You have. You listened to that episode. You heard a Grand Funk Railroad song. Grand Funk is fine. They're not my favorite, I think, but all right. Yeah. Well, That's a very hard question, Matt. Uh huh. Your hard question is even harder than that. <laughs> oh, good. I'm a terrible person. Okay, there are seven women that Marge meets at the country club. Name four of them. <laughs> uh, right. Um, Mitzi, Nancy, Kelly, Barbara. When I read off these names, you're going to kick yourself and realize that you never had a chance. All right. So the first one is Evelyn. Uh, that's the one she meets at the gas station. Uh, and the one that she, we see her interact with. Uh, there's Karen, Jillian, Elizabeth, Patricia, Roberta, and Susan. Yeah, that's why I just – that noise, Matt, you heard me make was me going, obviously I'm not going to get uh-huh. this right. Yep. I have some bonus questions for you, Matt. All right. These are from John. These are some Phil Hartman related, uh, some Phil Hartman uh, questions. Name, I'm going to give you a quote. You need to name the character Phil Hartman voiced and the episode it is in. Ooh, okay. First quote. Oh, I could give you an answer, but the only ones who'd understand it would be you and me. And that includes your teacher. Oh, um, that is Lyle Landley, March versus the Monorail. Correct. Next, that's too funny. I can't remember when I've heard a funnier anecdote. All right, now you now you tell one. 
That is Troy McClure and a fish called Selma. That's correct. Next up, don't touch my stuff. Hey, this isn't the YMCA. That is uh, Lionel Hutz in... What is the one with Marge and Ruth? Oh, man. What's it called? Uh, I don't remember. It's the one where Marge meets Ruth and they go on a, do a, a, a jag or a spree. Marge and the Lamb. Is the name of the episode. Marge and the Lamb. That's Lionel the Hutz, a.k.a. Miguel Sanchez, a.k.a. Dr. Wynn Van Fuck. That was a Noonien Van Fuck. No, it's Wynn. That's how you pronounce that. No. Maybe, I mean, Lionel Hutz might mispronounce it, but... The, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, right, though. It's, it's you know, Wynn. Wynn is how you actually say that. Um... Next quote, you know, the whale is not really a fish. They're mammals, like you and me. Uh, that is uh, Tom from... Oh, why am I so bad with the names of episodes these days? Um, oh, the one with Peppy and... We have seen nearly 300 of them. I know. I... Brother from the oh, same planet, that That's Brother from the same planet. Thank you. Next up. So we're in agreement. She won't be allowed near the phone again. Uh, that is Evan Conover from Barvers Australia. Correct. Finally, we request the pleasure of your company for a free exchange of ideas. That is, oh man, what is his name? Um, I believe it's Hans, and it's um, oh man, what else would be in the name of episodes anymore? The one with the landed chocolate, where the Germans take over the planet. Uh, Burns Verkoffen der Kraftwerk. <laughs> It is not Hans, it is Horst. Horst. But That's what I said, Horst. You said Hans, Matt, but, uh, you know, good try. I know that, Robbie. I'm trying to cover <laughs> up for my failures. You should know the the, the futility of that. I know. Uh, that was still very good, Matt. You got most of them right. You missed a few just on technicalities. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, technically uh, correct is the best kind of correct. Of course. Um, we're, we, we're still tied. Two episodes in. Both of us are just drilling down into brutally difficult questions, so we'll see how we go. Sometimes we surprise each other. Uh, we can move on to our final segment, the segment every single episode. With it. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part show where Matt and I rank the episodes category because we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right, let's go all the way down to the bottom so let's say let's go down to the bottom yep let's see what we got here how bad is this episode robbie are we talking we're not, i don't think we're talking bottom 10 yet mm, no Actually, we're almost at the bottom 20 now because that's where my room for lisa is <laughs> yeah 18, i think yeah um i think yeah it's below it's below tales from the public domain agreed uh, I would put it uh, right beneath Old Man and the Key, just by a hair. Which, what is Bart wants what it wants? That's the one with Bart and Greta, Wolf Castle oh, in Canada. Oh, God. Um, I think I, it's better than that. I, I don't think it is. I would put this right above Make Room for Lisa. I think Bart wants what it wants is better than this. I would say this is better because, uh, <laughs> because um, of Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> what robbie i mean that is the one bright spot in this episode it's the only thing i like in it i don't like anything else in this episode there's literally nothing else i enjoy um i, I think the problem with this man is that bart wants what it wants is just so bland i don't really remember it i barely remember that episode like i'm sure it was bad yeah. but i don't remember like this is gonna stick with me because it makes me angry <laughs> Yeah, it sounds about right. I don't. You'd rather watch this again versus the Bart wants what it wants. Yes. Really? So. Ooh. Not by much. I don't. I don't want to watch ever either of these ever <laughs> ever again. Like, if you guys want to watch an episode, go watch the new one from this week. That one was pretty good. Is, are you have a rock tumbler in the background? <laughs> Our robot vacuum is having troubles. Thank you. Okay. Um. I don't know, Matt. I'm pretty firm i don't think this is better than that you know what i don't care you do that <laughs> okay i was like i i think make room for lisa is worse for sure but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty firm that i mean this episode's terrible so is it, is it really is it really is not it's not i was expecting kind of bland uh 
it was not. It was bad. Which is upsetting. But I'm sure next week's episode will be much better. It is Bart versus Lisa versus the third grade. I recall this one as being pretty decent. I don't remember it at all, except the very premise. I remember the premise, and that is it. Uh, but we'll talk about it next week. Uh, this episode. I, oh, I should say. How I Spent My Summer Vacation, a new number 257 on our list. Last still in last place is Simpsons Safari, still in first place is Homer's Enemy. What are you going to say, Matt? Sounds good. Oh, I thought we uh, didn't number last week's, but I think you fixed that. I, 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 I fixed it as I go, Matt. I'm, I'm, a, okay. I'm a real go-getter. Uh, that'll do it for us this week. Before we go, you can find all our stuff on our website. It's simpsonshow.com. Links to our Twitter, to our Patreon, maybe to our Facebook if it's back by Sunday. We'll let you know when I when we do. Um, programming note, no episode next week for Thanksgiving. I'll be traveling and it makes it very difficult to record. Um, but we'll start up again week after. December 1st, we'll have another episode out. Um, not December 1st, the 8th. December 8th, we'll have another episode out. Correct myself again. Um, you can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. Links to everything I do is on there. My other podcasts and my books. My new book comes out by the, when you're hearing this, either basically the 25th of November, which is the day after or the day you're listening to this, or or it's already out. So you should go buy it. You already listened to an ad for it, so I won't go on and on. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, but uh, in the interest of getting this episode out of your heads, go look at some cute kittens. Uh uh, if you want to adopt a kitten, you can go to the same place. Uh, the Instagram page is uh, Kitten Interns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. Uh, we've got some very cute ones. So, you know, check them out if you're in the area. Come get them, please. They're too cute. It's bouncing my brain. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the episodes. Shh.